0: Two guys who are up to their ears in kneecaps. Chris and the Riz. Hey,
1: hi, and ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast episode 427. This Detroit Lions team has claws. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and so gorgeous. Just rocks the screen. Jeff, the Riz, Rizden, how are you doing, brother, man? It is good to be with you, Chris. We 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 are
2: celebrating a win. Isn't that nice like that? I, I, it's just so nice to, to come out and, and to, to know that I'm gonna be talking to you and talking to the people there on YouTube that are watching us live on the stream. By the way, click that like button so you know when we're coming, click that subscribe and uh, we're, we're, and and we're talking about a win. We're not talking about like moral victories, although I think we will actually talk about a moral victory a little bit. but we're we're talking about like actual progress and good
1: things. We're not nitpicking, like, bad things. That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, this is awesome. This is a good week. This is a really good week. We're going to talk a lot. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to look back on. And, uh, yeah, you're right, WmW. WMW2, that handsome S.O.B. Jeff Rizden. Uh, today's show, we're going to talk about flushing the Washington commodes. We're going to talk about Dan Skipper and the boys. We're going to discuss the current injury situation. We have a special guest who's going to join us. Uh, we're going to look ahead to the Minnesota Vikings and a whole lot more. we got a great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my man?
0: Let's, going, man. Let's kick this off and break it down.
1: Woof. <laughs> Oh, gotta say the hi to Don Burr in the chat. How you do, brother? All right, we'll get into this now. A um, couple of quick things. One thing we have to talk about. Um, I got I got some 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 altering news today. St Jude was scheduled for the 14th and 15th of October. We have to delay. My my the ones who pay the real bills. My day job <laughs> is sending me away on those days and has just really scrambled my eggs with this. I just found out. Um so we're we're working on it. we're working on it.
2: We are um, we are trying to coordinate a time where we are both available for 24 hours and uh just from a preliminary look at our calendars it's not easy but we are we are trying very hard to make this work <laughs> as soon as possible.
1: We will. It's delayed, not postponed. Yeah. We will do this and uh and get to it. But I apologize we just have to delay. I if I could tell them to pound sand I would um welcome to help super chat my way into that but anyway that's the way it is and that's where we're at right now i apologize to everyone all the events are still going to happen the the big scavenger hunt the whole thing we've got that going on the global event um we'll get more into that and we'll have a lot of that laid out here shortly but sorry work is unfortunately work you you guys have all done it you know what we're talking about here so with that being said we also want to just give a quick thank you to one of our good friends our latest subscriber his name is Corey chupa sorry, Corey Choop. Thank you, Chupa Troopa, for joining and hitting the subscribe button. We appreciate you. All right, let's talk about flushing the commodes. Let's do a game review. There's a lot, 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 lot that happened to this game and a lot to talk about. And I will tell you that we got a great article at Lion's Wire. We're going to use that as a little bit of a template to talk through some of this stuff today, because this guy, um, Geoff Reisdon, um, he, he, he did a really good job of breaking down the game. Did you see it? Do you ever check out Lion's Wire, Riz? Is that is that something you look at? Every yeah, time? That, that, guy, that guy knows what the hell he's talking about most of the time. He's a little <laughs> smug, but other than that, he's a pretty good writer. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Uh, okay, we're going to use that. We're going to talk about it. and we, You can follow along, lionswire.com usatoday.com gosh i was gonna say our site um good stuff there always a great place to to check out and get your latest lions news but first and foremost um we talked about this in the slack if you were in the patreon slack which is the most intelligent lions chat on the internet you knew that dan skipper was going to be starting the game at right guard well before anybody else did and uh it was you also knew the team was pretty convinced that he was ready to take that that next big kind of step and take a step he did boy he looked really really good out there uh dan skipper got a lot of praise from the coach uh if you watched the uh the the post, the presser with um taylor decker you saw him talk about skip he knew him he hosted him at a visit at ohio state when he was there i mean he's known him for a long time there is a whole boatload of love for skipper in in that locker room and it was great to see him able to take the step and you saw it in his eyes you saw it in this guy's eyes i have a picture of him i shared it as well in the slack from uh training camp and if you look at skipper's eyes you can tell there's a real soul of a man in there boy that's that's uh he's a heck of a dude
2: you know just watching that and watching the the post game you know the presentation of the game ball to dan skipper um, I've known Dan since he was at the Shrine game as a prospect. Uh, I got to spend 15 to 20 minutes talking with him there, you know, privately one-on-one. He's a good dude. He's an easy guy to root for. And he had a fantastic – he had the best summer that he's had in his career. He's, been, he's This is his sixth season in the NFL. Like, it's not there's some Johnny come lately. This is a guy who's been battling for years and years. He's bounced around team to team. Been with the Lions a lot, but, you know, had, nice. had never – had never been better than he was this summer. Yeah. And we all watched on hard knocks when he got fired and um, you know, you don't think of it normally when a player gets cut or released or waived or whatever, we don't necessarily use the term fired, but Dan used that. And I thought that was really poignant. And I thought the, how he handled that and how he worked that into his story, like, and, and, and made it relatable. like, Hey, if you've been fired, what was it? 22 times he's been fired. I think he said 22 NFL contracts. And this was the first time he'd ever started a regular season game. Um, and for him to go out and do what he did, look, he gave up a sack on the first drive. They they ran a stunt on him and they caught him. The good on them. Mm-hmm. After that, he kicked their freaking ass. And it was so cool to watch. And the fact that the team appreciated that and that Dan Campbell recognized that and appreciated that and sent him out there before he talked, before Dan got up to the podium in front of us. He sent Dan Skipper out there to talk. Like yeah. that's, yeah. to get a I, sense. I, I'm emotional thinking about that. Yeah. Like, because it's not something. Like you don't get stories like that very often. It's really
1: freaking cool. Couple things. It, it couldn't happen to a better guy. It really couldn't. He's signed 24 NFL contracts, and he's actually earned money on five of them. That's it. I mean, wow. you think about that. Think wow. about. You know that that's that's just a wild ride. And then I will tell you. I mean, you saw the video, and and they presented him. Uh, Talked to somebody who was there when the the skip chants were going on. After there was there were tears flowing down his face. He was just so emotionally engaged. And and again, here's here's the ultimate uh, Dan Campbell kind of a player, a guy with the grit and the never give up attitude. The guy who they said who said you you did everything right. There was nothing you could have done otherwise when he got cut. And he continued to grind, fight, claw, scratch. Is there anything else I could have done, right? He. I mean, you could tell he was really deflated on cut day uh, when we saw him on hard knocks. And then to see him standing there with his his hands on his hips in that moment when they were chanting his name in the in the locker room, that he deserved that. He deserved that as oh, yeah. much as anybody on the team. And I just feel so good. For Dan Skipper. The game, what he gave to this team as a guard, he hasn't started what was freshman year in, in college. He was he played guard last steps yeah. he, in. He, pra-
2: he practiced Friday. It was the first time he practiced at guard since he was in college. He he ran like a handful of walkthrough stamps at left guard in, in practices in this summer, but there was never live action stuff. It was all just walkthroughs. So like he he was a he was a senior in college in 2015. It's been has been a long time since he ever played that position. Yeah, yeah. And he's six <laughs> ten. Like, think about that. <laughs> like normally your your guards are, you know, six three, six four. Um, six ten, that's abnormally large for a tackle. It's freakish for a, a guard.
1: And damn it, he pulled it off, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's for you think about six ten as a quarterback trying to throw the ball. And you've got this guy standing in front of you. It's kind of, I mean, it's almost, you want to call it the skipper punch instead of a donkey punch. In football, it's a skipper punch when you get hit the back of the head with a, with a football, right? I mean, it's got to be hard. It's got to be so hard. But his, it's his birthday today. Someone mentioned the, the Armstead thing. You know what? I don't, give, F f Armstead. To take a guy who finally gets his moment and to try to tear him down, I mean, it's a pretty small individual. I don't want to give him any any any. The kind of space. The only thing I will say
2: about that is that he has never played against Dan Skipper personally. Yeah. So that is not first-hand information. They have never
1: played, not even in preseason, not even in scrimmages, and it doesn't deserve the any nope. any kind of thought. And uh, I'm just it, it's it's this kind of shit that bothers me.
2: He right? would not last in the NFL this long if that was true. Right. I guarantee you that because I I can point to a couple of guys um, who have washed out very quickly, um, and people are like, well, what, what, what? Yeah,
1: that that ain't happening here. Yeah. Uh okay, let's see. So so I'm not going there. So happy birthday Dan Skipper. Thank you for bringing everything you did to this team and uh and making this such an enjoyable week cuz watching some of the replays of his blocks just carrying guys downfield. Uh if I, there, there's um god it was it was um Swift's run. He's down there on like the the 8-yard line on Swift's run where he was down on the ground and gets up. And if you watch Dan Skipper at the end of that run, as uh, uh, as Swift gets into the uh, into the end zone, he's like, yeah, like swinging his arms, celebrating his ass off. That heart, man. I love it. I love it. This guy is one of my favorite Lions right now. And and I know, I'll tell you what, he's a favorite in that room. Those guys really do generally like Dan Skipper and who he is uh, yes, on the do. offensive line. So <laughs> a lot to be said for that. All right. So, Dan, congratulations on your debut and uh, all the, the love that you got for it. You absolutely deserved it. Um, let's get into this a little bit. Uh, Lions versus the commodes. They flushed the commodes. First piece, uh, this GF guy. He spells it G-E-O-F-F. So he's, you know, you get what you get there. Um, cool. Cool. <laughs> the disciplined aggression in the run game. God almighty. 101. The Lions rushed for 191 yards. Number one rusher was Amon Rossi and Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you you see it right. You see you see Swift, but God, I'm not, across the board. Craig Reynolds, right? Jamal Williams. This was absolutely a team effort on the in the running game.
2: Oh, and, and you get it. It's not just the, the backs, although they were really good. And and one of the things that I wanted to highlight there was how well DeAndre Swift specifically, but also Jamal and Craig, went where the play was designed to be blocked. They trusted in the offensive line, even with Dan Skipper playing out of position, even with Evan Brown in there instead of Frank Ragnow at center. Like, they just respected that the line would get the job done, and they did. And and they attacked. They didn't waste time. They didn't dance around. And, and I, I had it in there. There was one swift run and one Jamal run where they got the ball and they stopped instead of running forward. Those plays gained one total yard. Uh, everything else was was fantastic like the, the the dedication the attacking the gap the way that Evan Brown at center can position himself where he's always like sealing the hole he, he gets his shoulders and hips squared to where he needs to be blocking to to make the, the designed play work so well um, he, he actually does that better than Ragnow Ragnow is just stronger and then can bowl guys with it Evan's He's not a big dude and not an overly strong guy, but he does it with the positioning and footwork. And I think you saw Skipper with the combination of that getting out and, and you know, engaging people or, or just giving big lanes. I thought they did a great job of it. The wide receivers down the field. Dan talked about this after the game. Campbell, Coach Campbell brought it up. Amon Ross blocking. Josh Reynolds blocking. DJ Shark who didn't do shit otherwise, yeah. blocked really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if you watch the the, the long uh, uh, DeAndre run, like, shark puts a dude on his ass. Like, that, that doesn't happen without it. So the, the dedication from the entire team to running the ball was, that, that was
1: nice, man. That's not something we've seen in a long time. It really isn't. Really quick from William Treese. He memorized how to spell in Frank Kane in a file. Infracaninophile. In God, I had it. Infracaninophile.
2: Infra- infracaninophile. Yeah. <laughs> infra-caninophile. That was a fun one, man. And, and by the way, that is the most read piece on Lions Wire this week. And I thank you all for that because that was like a frivolous thing. I'm like, let's well, just kind of cool. i will write it up and see if so. Thank you all for for supporting that. That's the kind of crap that I wish I could do more
1: of. <laughs> <laughs> all right, really quick. Uh, well, let's leave. Let's do this one for the comments, Brandon. This is a this is a really good one. Uh, the comments below, go ahead and put that down there. What we're going to ask is, if you know, we got to change the intro to the show. We got a, a, a touchdown from the Dallas game from our um, from our own former um, quarterback. Uh, great, great play, Matthew Stafford. What should we change it with? Should we have Swift, Hutch, Amon-Ra, Goff? What do you think should go in there? Put it in the comments, and we'll uh, we'll update the video with some some fresh blood from the boys we love today. Uh, quick question from Don Burr. Uh, Jeff, is Derek Barnes? Oh, is Derek Barnes ever going to get it up top between the ears? The skill is there, but he doesn't seem to mentally be on top of the game. There, his head's still
2: spinning, man. Um, I, I hope it works for him, but right now it's not looking good. He wasn't good again. Some day, um, he's been—I don't want to say replaced, but his his role is definitely diminishing. It's look, this is a guy they've they moved. He moved positions at Purdue. Detroit's tried to move him again. I really wish, honestly, they would move him back to the rush, the the the, the Jack Sam linebacker that that the Lions don't
1: actually use much of. Um, but right now, it's not looking good, man. All right, let's uh, let's move on the next one. Jared Goff was very good, but also lucky. I, and and you talk about it so well in here, Jeff, where you talk about how he took the riskier throws well, he wasn't shying away from the riskier throws. There has a couple times when it looked like that was a, maybe a little bit too much risk taking, but uh, he got out of those, those situations on the for the most part. Um, I like the golf I've seen and what it was. He got six touchdowns this year already. Um, yeah. One pick. Yeah. One pick D- again, just for comparison's sake. I'm not, I don't care. Whatever. Matthew Stafford is five. He's <laughs> five picks already. That's crazy. So, um, and, and two of those like
2: were, were Stafford throwing directly to an opponent. Like it wasn't like a a dropped pass or off somebody. Like right. it's like here, have the ball.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me look at this really quick because I want to get this. Um, yeah. So he's got four touchdowns and five interceptions, Matthew Stafford. And I I just got. <laughs> love a guy love him he's a great guy all that kind of thing and it's i'm not trying to be the uh the you know jilted girlfriend here but there's only like about 30 diff- yards difference passing but you got six t- touchdowns and one interception from Jared Goff so far this year we've got an upgrade at the quarterback position that's that's all I'm gonna say well, he's playing well uh there's no doubt
2: about it and and one of the things that i wrote in there um and it, it was something that i was very careful about in wording it, is that we want a more aggressive Jared Goff, but we don't want like carelessly aggressive Jared Goff. We don't want him like you. If you watch Josh Allen and the Bills last night, like Josh Allen, by the way, phenomenal game. But Josh Allen will take some risks that are like if it's if it's like ninety nine point nine percent of other quarterbacks have ever played the game you're like what the bleep is that guy doing oh my god terrible and, and sometimes it works out for him but sometimes it doesn't Goff can't be that guy i don't want him to be that guy but i want him to make the the and the throw that stuck out to me was the throw over the middle to to tj hawkinson in the fourth quarter coming across with with the the commander's best court best cover guy william jackson all over him yep Goff put that ball into a, it was a Matthew Stafford throw from Jared Goff. It sure was. And I haven't seen a lot of those. And the fact, A, that he tried it, and B, that he made it was a very, very positive development. He he made some mistakes, no doubt about it. He got lucky. If Cole Holcomb has eyes on the side of his head, he's got six points going the other way when when Goff misses Swift on the swing pass. Uh, the, The misfires in the red zone. They're bad. Like, the, 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 it, it, It's Tim Boyle-esque how bad he misses some of those in the, in the red zone. But damn it, man, he came back and he played a, a very strong overall game. Uh, and I, like again, that, that throw to Hawkinson, they made a th- another throw on the next drive to Hawkinson, up the right seam another one very small window to a receiver that he trusts and the other one that stood out the touchdown to Rod, the first one yeah where he's running and he's under pressure and he gets pounded but he delivers the ball It wasn't perfect spiral wobbled a little bit mm-hmm. but he trusted the receiver to make the play he knew that my receiver is better than the dude covering him I'm going to give him a chance to make a play that is not the Jared Goff we saw last year. That is not the Jared Goff that got his ass ran out of Los Angeles for being um, timid is the word that I like to use for that. Yeah. Jared Goff wasn't timid Sunday, and he and it's a damn good thing that he wasn't because they needed him to take some shots, even with the lead. Like, when, normally when you get a little bit more conservative, like, he didn't go he didn't go into a shell and hide away and automatically check down. That's that's a real positive step for me from Jared Goff.
1: Yeah. And, and so exactly that. He talked about it. Jared Goff talked about how he needs to get a little bit better uh, on getting on the same page with with Chark and with um, with Hawkinson. And he said, it starts with me. He said so. They they talked about how a, as a team, right? They did well, but they left a lot of stuff. There's things they could have did done better, and they recognize the things they could have done better, and that they're going to continue to work on those things. That's exactly the right attitude. There's no, you know, yep. you you watch um, Tom Brady go out and, and and win and do and do his thing. He's throwing get into a fight, yeah, getting a fight, <laughs> throwing the surface tablet on the side of the the the, the sideline. Um, that's just you know that's part of it. You don't always have things go perfect no matter who you are the idea that golf has control of this offense has the confidence in this offense has improved in the way that he's playing with this offense and recognizes the areas that he needs to get better at the the confidence he has uh, the confidence he showed in that interview this week when he came out there and one of the, the the members of the press tried to interrupt him and he stopped him he just said no no let me finish and he finished it and then moved on he's not just in control he's 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 not a loud guy he's not a rah-rah kind of kind of guy but he is absolutely in control and in the lead whether he's up in the podium or whether he's in that uh that huddle i like this kind of this jared goff we're seeing he is an, an absolute improvement and we said it last year if he if he would have had those targets if he would have had that talent he would have been a much much better quarterback and we're starting to see that now and and the ceiling is starting to look to be a little higher than it was before it's getting a little better we're watching a team that that looks that really looks like if they continue on this trajectory they could be a pretty darn good team this week like after this week and then we'll talk about this too seeing the eagles in minnesota play that seven win Button that I pressed doesn't seem so far fetched at all. Agree. The, the The way that they're consistently gashing
2: on offense, and look, say what you will about Philadelphia, I, I, I think I think we've all agreed that that's a pretty dang good football team. Now Washington has some issues. They have linebacker issues. By the way, I told people. That the Lions have better linebackers than Washington going into this game, and people are like, what the bleep are you talking? And then after the game, I had a few a few people, and it came up in the Slacker like, damn dude, you were right, man. <laughs> like their <laughs> linebackers are really bad. Like I thought ours sucked. Like at least ours are aware of what's going on. Uh, and by the way, the the dichotomy that's going on now between the 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 Lions linebackers are god awful, and we got to replace everybody, and the same people out of the other side of their mouth are like Rodrigo for rookie of the year. Do you understand how freaking stupid you sound? Pick a side. Like, like it it can't be both. Like, there's a lot of
1: times where it can be both. It can't be both. (laughs) People drive me freaking nuts. Yep, 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 yep. Um, So Mike Hodges finishing without going into try not to lose shell was new to this lions fan. We, we passed in the same old lions sure run situations to win the game with confidence. That goes to the next topic here, written by Geoff Um, Washington's offensive speed adjustment in the half worked a little bit too well. This is absolutely true. This might be a little something that shows um, opposing teams a way to attack this lion's defense because that second half, they came out quite strong. Now, Jeff Okuda not being there for part of that was was part of that not being you know perfect for part of that was was some of the uh, situation as well but um, their adjustments had a real effect on the Lions defense and they and and this goes back
2: to the preseason game against the Colts where the Colts they run they run horizontal pass concepts they use their speed not vertically to stretch the field but horizontally to get you in chase mode mm-hmm. um, and it's especially effective against the zone because you got guys transitioning and they're a little bit slow to get on it. I, I love the way Washington used Curtis Samuel in the second half. Like that's, yeah, that that was good football. That that's that's good offense from Washington. You know, tip your cap. The other the other team's a lot of new good things too, and they did. And I thought uh, that they found a way to get Terry McClure and They put him in motion a little bit more. They stacked him a little bit more. They did some really savvy adjustments that took advantage of what they do well. And what the Lions don't do well, and I, I give them credit for that. Okuda going out hurt, they completed seven of eight passes. As soon as he went out, he came back in, next two passes were incomplete. Yep. Somewhat somewhat uh, n- causational uh, or correlational, but uh, I, I always screw that up, Chris. You got to help me on that. <laughs> Corollary and not cause, cause whatever, <laughs> whatever. You don't know what I mean. Um <laughs> Correlation is not a yeah. causation, my um, but I But I thought, I thought the the blueprint on how to beat the Lions, specifically when Okuda isn't in the game, is you make them chase across the field, and their guys are just faster than your guys. Look, so it's not a fast secondary. Okuda is the fastest cornerback that we've got. Mm-hmm. And now Will Harris is faster than, than Amari, Amani Oruwari, who hopefully will be back, hopefully, hopefully. Mm-hmm. With the back injury, you never know, but hopefully he'll be back this week. And he, he just doesn't play that fast. And you see, like Mike Hughes, a very fast guy, doesn't play fast and, and doesn't react fast. And I, I think that was exposed. And then the safeties, you know, I actually thought Deshaun Elliott played a, a very good game, certainly better than he was in the first week. Uh, and that was nice to see. But, again, not a guy who's going to, to, to run with Curtis Samuel across the field. Um, they they isolated Rodrigo once. Where, where Samuel lined up outside, started in, and was in the slot running towards the tight end area at the point of the snap. That that made the, him Rodrigo's mark, and he had eight yards on Rodrigo on the pass. <laughs> um, and then, Rodrigo, like, Rodrigo's trying. Um, he just couldn't get there, and Elliott over the top was, was preoccupied by the action on the other side. You know, Washington's offense in the second half, like, the other team deserves credit sometimes. They did a really damn good job of making adjustments and executing in the second half. Um, they were able to use speed better, but uh, the Lions held on. I thought that they did a better job of at, at the end. They switched back out of zone into a little bit more man coverage, where they were better, where the 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 defensive backs could come up and get their hands on the on the receivers to let them not get that clean free release. Uh, and and I give I give Aubrey Pleasant and Aaron Glenn a little bit of credit for making the adjustment to the adjustment Happened later than I wanted to, later than I was comfortable with. But they at least made it. So I, I was. You know, you, you know me, Chris. You know me if you follow me at all, listeners here. Um, I'm very big on giving the other team credit when they when it's zoo. Yeah, you got to give got to give Carson Wentz and the, and the the Commodores. I almost said. <laughs> yeah, we'll call them the Commodores. That works. Cool. They deserve some credit for how they how well they played in the second half. That's a team that's going to beat some teams. That uh, they beat Jacksonville. By the way, the transitive property. They beat Jacksonville. Jacksonville shut out the Colts. Uh, so. And, Maybe Washington isn't so bad after all.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think. Well, and we saw Week One. They were they were they were definitely a formidable team. They they have some some serious potential. Um, it's interesting. So
2: they got weapons, man. Terry McLaurin, like uh, Logan Thomas at tight end. That we know that guy can play. Um, their their offensive line. I will give them a little bit of credit. They, yes, they gave up the three sacks to Hutch. I thought, I thought the right tackle, specifically Sam Cosby, played a pretty good game. I think he did a good job individually against Hutchinson. Hutchinson got his stuff from hustle and from, from secondary effort and from other guys creating for him and him finishing it, which, by the way, isn't a negative. I don't know why that's being viewed as a negative against Like,
1: he finished plays. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why that's bad. I'm just uh, you know st- get away from the the Rodrigo rookie of the year. I know he he's a favorite. You love him. That's awesome. That that that's a lot of fun. But I got money on Hutchinson. <laughs> you got to push Hutchinson rookie of the year. <laughs> I made yeah. my money against uh, against Washington. Thank you. And oh, I by, got-
2: by the way, I have a uh, um, last week I did the 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 tape breakdown where I charted every play of Okuda. This week I did Rodrigo. It's going to drop in the morning.
1: So uh, when you wake up Wednesday morning, it will be. On lion's wire for you nice 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 um so yes uh that also i got 220 i'm, I'm plus 220 in the minnesota game i got a nice little uh a little bit oh so. did you buy in early yeah i did <laughs> <Smart>. <laughs> so we'll talk about that we'll talk about that and uh we'll get there um let's see we'll keep working let's talk about um i'm in ross st brown he was just incredible um Smoked some serious holes. He's done that all we all season already for both games. DJ Chark, we want to talk about him a little bit. And like you had mentioned earlier, you alluded to his his blocking is where he shined in this game. He was able to to put some crucial key blocks out there. Him and Goff got a little work to get together and get on the same page. I mean, did they play any snaps together even in the preseason? I'm trying to think. I mean, I think they, it was like I think it was one drive.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. And the big thing with them. And, and you see this when you – and it was very obvious in the red zone one where uh, Goff made a mistake and threw it late, is that Goff doesn't have that communication comfort with with Shark. He threw that ball late. He held onto it for an extra count, um, and it gave the defense even more time. Um, again, by the way, uh, Benjamin St. to their their cornerback, that they locked up primarily on Shark, that guy can play too. Um, he He was good. Uh, now there was one opportunity where shark did beat him over the top and golf missed him. He overthrew him. Mm-hmm. Um, that one. I mean, look, it's tough to be accurate. I think the, I think the ball went 49 yards in the air. It's tough to, to be accurate um, when you're not working with that guy. and it, it missed by a step. Like I'm not going to kill him for that, but that that's the way that you got to hit. Um, by the way, same pattern that Josh Reynolds got open on one week earlier and golf, just missed him on that one, too. Um, exact same pattern. Um, this one actually wound up being a little bit deeper, but uh, that's the one that Goff maybe has to work on uh, fine-tuning with with each of his individual receivers, because i tell you what, if he throws that pass that he threw to Shark to Josh Reynolds, it's six.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So let's uh, really quick, uh, anyone coming back off the injury report, we'll get to injuries in a little bit here. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, I want to hit Bobby Price and uh, uh well Logan Thomas sure as hell did <laughs> mm-hmm. Logan Thomas I like him I like I wish he was still in Detroit that that being said that was a bs play and I talked about it a little bit in the post game show and Ash and I disagreed on whether Tracy Walker should have been ejected in week 1 the two the, the two penalties on the same play resulting in an ejection I'm like that shit just doesn't happen so often it doesn't even get called the first one much less the second one was just really really ticky tacky here you see, and and you look at the replay, the ref wasn't looking right at it, Bobby Price was on taking a knee, was giving up on the knee and took a spear, a helmet in the back of the head, and not even a flag thrown for that. You talk about completely different ends of the spectrum. How does a guy like Tracy Walker get ejected in a game when there's literally no call at all on Logan Thomas and that is just an egregious failure. I haven't heard anything about any penalties. I haven't heard any apologies from the NFL. I haven't heard, you know, anything out of that. But that was a that was clearly a BS crap hit and then fox pound sand because he didn't play the replay because you suck and he also didn't play the replay on the the potential rodrigo interception because little boo-boo boy uh wentz hit his hand and he showed us three different angles of nothing but we couldn't see the actual result of the play so <clears throat> you yeah. fox but this bobby price yeah. thing is bs i was already angry enough so i can talk about it that way <laughs> yeah it, it was frustrating that should have at least been a 15-yard
2: penalty i don't know about an ejection but it certainly should have been a penalty. Um and Walker, he threw a punch. He get ejected for that. Like that that's a pretty cut and dry thing. Uh, um to, to Fox's broadcast, real quick, they were off like and, and I won't blame I thought Kenny Albert was okay. He, he was fine. I thought Jonathan Vilma was great on color. Yeah.
1: Their truck, their production crew was the problem. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had nothing to do with the announcers and, and their, their ability yeah. to call a game. As a matter of fact, let me just sometimes you have to just kind of put a lesson out there and uh, provide some information, maybe some uh, a way for people to see what good looks like. So I'm just going to put something together from the Lions and own uh, the classiest and best announcer in the NFL of any team. i we'll to get this a little play. The Lions suite this. this. is well worth the watch. This is Dan Miller doing his job and showing people how to do the
0: job. Wentz pumps that right leg, leans in. There's the snap. He's back in his end zone to throw. Wentz hit for. is a safety Charles Harris got him
1: he's right there he's that's in how it.
0: you step up and make a play right there <laughs> saw that football chopped it down it came loose rolled out of the back of the end zone add two to that scoreboard for Detroit there's the snap he's got it wants to throw Wentz looks looks pressure comes Wentz hit sock. back inside the 20 Aiden Hutchinson that's number two
1: On his feet, right? I mean, tell me he doesn't love this.
0: (laughs) This crowd is loving that. Aiden Hutchinson doing work. He said, yeah, I was a little revved up last week. Well, you know what? He's revving this week right towards the quarterback. Fifth tackle of the day, two sacks. Goff's back. Washington brings the pressure. Goff throws. It is complete to Swift. Falls down, gets back up and runs. Inside the 10. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? To the house. Touchdown, Detroit from the seat of his pants to the end zone oh my goodness 32 i see you that is something else
1: yeah there you go that's that's how you do it ladies and gentlemen that's how you call a ball game you talk about a guy who's excited about it and i will give you all a big and look i'm not trying to spend your money here i'd rather you spend it on uh, super chats and patreons for us but NFL plus as, as garbage as it is, as a, as an app, you can listen to the radio live during the game. And if you're using, like I, I use the stream on direct TV, F you direct TV, you suck. Um, I would, you, it's so far behind that you can sync the two up, and it is ideal. You can listen to Dan and Lomas call the game while you watch it on TV. Not again, nothing wrong with the announcers, right? They're from Fox, they did a good job this time. But Dan is always, always, always superior. And when you sync those two up, no matter where, you know, I'm down in Tampa. Listen to Dan call the game. It just brings me right back home. It just takes me home, and he is so so much better. Better. I just hashtag turn up the radio. Go get yourself some Dan Miller. Stream it and listen to it, and, and sync it up with the the video. You'll you'll be a happy happy person if you do.
2: It, it's it's so good to hear Dan. Uh, just and and you, you saw like the, the genuine like reaction. Like he's he's loving that man. <laughs> uh, look, we love Dan. Dan Dan has been great to us. He's a great guy uh, and, and cannot
1: say enough good things about Dan Miller. Yeah, yeah. Dan, um, well, if you, you can look back in uh, last day of July, the 30th, we had Dan and Jerry Jacobs in um, doing our, our yearly training camp party. Really, really great. Really, really great. Um, Dan's such a great guy. Jerry's great. It was really great to have him. So there you go. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Jared Goff nominated the FedEx Air Player of the Game. That's our third nomination now. Rookie of the Week, Aiden Hutchinson, this week. He's up for uh, for that. And then also the ground player last week, DeAndre Swift. Um, this is not something we're used to from this Detroit Lions offense. <laughs> this is not something Uh-oh. we're used to.
2: And uh, so, Goff isn't going to win. I, Tua, Tua, Tua's fourth quarter might have been the best fourth quarter in NFL history. Like, 199 yeah. yards, four touchdowns against the freaking Ravens. I mean, like... <laughs> Go to a that that was that was nice, man. So (laughs) he he probably deserves to win, but it's nice for Goff to get nominated in this uh four touchdowns. What was it? 254, 251, 254 yards. Yeah, 254. Uh, He had a great day. Um, and I'm glad that it's getting recognized. He deserves it. Um, and if you're a Lions fan, you should vote for him, but uh, don't be upset when he doesn't win because he probably. Wasn't the best quarterback in the week.
1: Not this week. I mean, if you call, go across two weeks, he's looking good. But, you know, still, you know. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that we're continuing to see our guys get nominated like this t- says a lot about how the team is doing. Right. We're, we're good. We're, we're, we're doing well. Uh, so he got nominated. Also want to talk about Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda out there. I need this guy needs some credit because a lot of people dogging him and he's coming back from a career ender injury for a ton of players. And he is out there as the unquestioned number one cornerback for the Detroit Lions, even when Amani's healthy. Jeff Okuda is the guy. This is year, th- this is year three, right? Year three mm-hmm. of Jeff. Missed a year last year. Played under a crap coach the first year, but usually year three is when you see what you got. This guy's had everything stacked against him, and yet still he's coming out fire. I'm I, My man needs some credit. My man did a really, really good job out there both weeks, this week and, and last week.
2: Cut out Devontae Smith, week one, when he traveled with Terry McLaurin in this game. McLaurin had one catch. Um, we all saw it, and, and Okuda, like he got he got caught in the spin cycle and missed a tackle too. Bad play. Beyond that, I think I think I think I had Okuda for two other catches. Um both of them were in zone and he made tackles right away. Yeah. You can't ask for much more than what you got. Um, yeah, he got beat once. That that's gonna happen. Terry McLaurin, damn good football player. We all know that. I, I cannot be happier with where where Jeff Okuda is in progress. He is the number one cornerback on this team, and he's it's not just because like the other guys aren't playing well or, or there's rotating casts. Like he's he's a legit number one NFL cornerback right now. From the first two weeks, yep. there haven't been a lot that have been better than him. And that's exactly what we need him to be. I don't care if he was drafted third overall. At this point, I just want to—I just want a guy who can start and be reliable. I got that. I'm happy with that. If if he gets better than that and, and lives up to the the number three,
1: the, even better. But uh, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm I'm not going to get greedy on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big West weekly awards don't mean anything. Just win games. Oh, they do. If you're kind, constantly- oh, they absolutely they absolutely matter. That's that's how you build confidence. That's
2: how you get buzzed. Um, having that recognition, that's that's something that reinforces the players that what's that what they're doing is doing is going in the right direction. Hundred percent, they and, they absolutely
1: care about that. And beyond, it, it that, definitely matters. Beyond that, if you're getting those every week, and you're that means your players are playing well. Period. That's it. And you want your players playing well. I don't see. Oh, God, who, who? I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo out there for a for, for, uh, uh, for, uh, award. He played well, but I don't see there's a lot of guys. You know, Ryan Tannehill is not up for any awards. I haven't seen any Titans up for awards oh in two weeks. Right. It means something that you're doing something. It's an indicator. Right. It's not it's not an end game, but it's an indicator. You need those right. indicators to show, you know, that you're actually doing something to recognize that you are doing something. If you don't get any of those. You're not doing shit. That's that's the bottom line. So that it means
2: that you don't have talent and it's not executing well. This means that you have some talent and it's executing well. Yep, yep.
1: that's what leads to winning football games. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's go to the next one here. Uh, I want to talk about you know Dan Skipper got the game ball as we as we alluded to earlier, but I give my game ball to somebody a little bit different, and I love Dan. And you you heard me talk up Dan. Uh, my game ball goes to Hank Fraley. We had two out of five starting offensive linemen on this team, and oh god, I want—I'm going to go to the Senior Bowl. I got to go back. You mentioned McLaurin; he was my first Senior Bowl crush, if you remember. That first year is, is when he was at the Senior Bowl, and and, and I could totally was 2019, myself. wasn't yeah, it? We were down uh, there. Yep, yeah, I knew he was going to be special. I knew it. So anyway, Hank Fraley. Yeah. We saw Hank Fraley down at the C, the Senior Bowl. No one in the press is talking about him. We had we had um, uh, uh, Patricia as the coach, right? It was it was that's who we were. Nobody was talking about Hank Fraley and we noticed it immediately. We've got We had put a video on from way back then, uh, on the, on the YouTube of Hank teaching the guys, working with the guys directly. We knew it. And and again, I'm going to tell you guys, we, we, we've called a lot of people out early. Uh, Skipper, if you, if you, you know, you saw it in the chat again, on the Patreon uh, Slack chat, you saw, we, we knew what we were going to get with him to this week. Um, but Hank Fraley, we could tell he was something special. When the switch came between the last coaching staff and um, and uh, Dan Campbell and, and Brad Holmes, we were very, very adamant that we need to keep Hank. Hank is something very, very special. I don't know any other offensive line in this league that's going to plug three guys in as backups and perform as well as this team did against the— uh, those wonderful uh, the off, uh, defensive against, line against and Washington, Deron
2: Payne,
1: Jonathan Allen, like that—that
2: that Montez Sweat. These are all first-round picks. Like Washington used four first-round picks in a row on their defensive line. One of the best one of them, Chase Young, was out. Yep, probably good for Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> those yeah. Other three guys—like they're all—they're all good. Like they, they hit on those picks. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the strength of their team.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. And so to be able, Evan Brown. Right, starting center potentially on any team in the in the NFL. Last last year took a little heat. He's a guy you could just tell had the talent though. He had the ta- he he stepped up yesterday, and we talk about Dan Skipper. We have to give a lot of love to Evan Brown. This kid is really. <laughs> He's brought it. He played so well in a in this in a position, and, and you got Skipper and Brown side by side, center and guard. A guy who, as we said, hadn't played guard since since college, his freshman year, to be able to make this work. To I'm just going to tell you, our offensive line. Okay, you want to talk about a, a, a stat for an offensive line? Our running backs get 3.4 yards on average before contact. Number one in the league, I believe, 3.4 yards before any contact. Tell me that doesn't point to one hell of an offensive line. Hank Fraley has done amazing work with this team, rotating guys, bringing them up, under helping them understand the next man up. To see a guy like Dan Skipper's face being cut and coming back and performing like he did, you just don't see that in most systems with most coaches. You don't get that kind of devotion and, and 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 grind from your players. Fraley knows how to get this out of them. I give ha- Hank Fraley the game ball for this win because he is what created the Swift, the, the Williams, the Amon Ross St. Brown, all of those hundred and ninety one rushing yards are really because Fraley put a good team together. I'm with you on that. I, I I actually didn't give a game ball up, but uh I I
2: I Hank would I would I would have given it to Skipper but Hank uh, Hank
1: has a hand on that Paul, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, another one I want to talk about, special teams. And and you talked about it a bit in, in your article. Special teams was on point. I just want to reflect back to the time when people were crying about Braden Coombs. Oh, my God. They, well, they, he hasn't been employed for two years. Oh, well, they fired Braden. What's wrong with this organization? Oh, Braden. Dave His Phipp. own dad won't hire him. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Phipp. We, we, we interviewed him at the Senior Bowl this year. Guy was awesome. He's awesome. Personality off. Great, great special teams coach. Those guys are out there performing. Cephas, most people didn't know he was playing. He was out there and made a play on special teams. Very good play on special teams. That was while direct TV was screwing its, its, its it's customers. Um, I recommend all kinds of ways not to play direct TV. There's options out there to not pay anybody. And at this point, the NFL doesn't deserve money on this kind of stuff. But anyway, um, I got to say, Dave Fip just really did it. Just really put this team together. This, this special team team. They were, Oh, I believe the word was tight that, that Jeff used. <laughs> it did. And, and this is um, when we're at
2: training camp and when we're at practices during the week, the media hates special teams practice because we're, we're not getting to see anything that like is useful for us. We're okay. They're practicing. Oh, great! The the devotion and the attention to detail that Dave Fipp puts on his players in practices, it, it's manifesting in games. And it was be, the the Khalif I Got to say it right, Kayleef Raymond free kick return off the safety. He got fifty three yards, I think it was on the return. That's so great! He got forty six before he was touched. <laughs> like it was perfect blocking, and and again, but much like with the running backs going exactly where the the run play is designed, Leaf went exactly where that return was designed to go, and the guys all executed. Cephas, um, Pittman. Chris Board um Juju Hughes like they they were all exactly where they needed to be holding the blocks legally holding like you know not not grabbing on um it, it was it was beautiful Juju Hughes covering the touchdown the the kickoff after the first on route touchdown he hit that guy and you heard Jonathan was like oh like oh my god got him at the 16 yard line uh that's that that, that that you know, some of us wondered, you know, why Juju made the team after he had a pretty rotten preseason. Actually, in coverage, that's why he's on the team. Like he was, he was really good. Cephas, I think he only played six snaps on offense. I don't, I don't, yeah, I know he wasn't thrown to. Played a really strong game on special teams. And if you go back to the summer when we were talking about, is he going to make the roster? Or is he not? One of the things that I said why he might not was because special teams. Well, he busted his ass, and he's a great special
1: teams player, least he was on Sunday. That's great to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. So just just really quick, we're talking about special teams. Some people are crying about Coombs going away, who hasn't been employed since. He's un- unemployable. And then the Hank Fraley talent spotters. We might know what we're doing, Riz. I just, I just, just a little talk. I just, you know, hey, maybe a little something, something <laughs> there. All right, playoffs, if they maybe. started today, the Lions would be playing the Bucks, which is great, because either really? we're going to the game. yeah. <laughs>
2: I I actually don't know that that that's that's kind of cool. Yeah yeah yeah. It'd be nice if Mike Evans was suspended for that one. Too. <laughs>
1: um, we got a special announcement coming up shortly. We're going to do injuries first. Uh, Chris ask Jeff if he's ready for a Monday Night Flex game because it's coming.
2: <laughs> you know it could be actually. Uh, I'll, I'll live with that. Yeah. Um, my my hatred of primetime games is well documented. But I'll take
1: one for the team there. There you go. Um, All right, best play in football is perfectly blocked run. I would wager our offensive success is that we have a high amount of perfectly blocked plays. Respected man, man, you are very respected and not so mad, man, because I think you're 100% right. I think there's a ton to do with that, and it goes right to that 3.4 yards before contact contact for the the running backs.
2: Yeah, league average I think is 2.1, so uh, that's that's getting it done. Yep,
1: yep. Uh quick question: Can we listen to game replays in the NFL Plus app and hear Dan Miller? I believe we can. I believe you can hear the radio replays. Yes, you can. You can. You can. You can choose which team's audio you want to listen to, but you
2: can only do that. You can't do that. Like like I watch on a Roku, you can't do it on that. You can do. I can do it on my laptop though. On the on the NFL's, it's it's what it, it's. They call it Plus, but it's not really NFL Plus NFL because lab. it's not. Yeah. But like when you watch your game on your laptop using the NFL with their premium service you can pick which
1: audio you want to listen to yep 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 so it's worth it just for dan it really is um really quick i guess this is radio for one riz you want to send me you want me to send you some miller's chicken i live a block away
2: oh wow <laughs> that's 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 going way back man <laughs> i i don't think i've been there since like 1982 mm. Oh wow. that, that was a long time ago
1: yeah Thank you, respected madman. I don't want to give away your real name, but thank you, brother, for the super chat. We appreciate you very, very, very much. All right. Um, we're going to get into the next one. Uh, after we do injuries, we will bring in a very special guest. The first one, Frank Ragnow. Um, you may have heard he's injured. It's He injured his toe on the first touchdown in the game um, against the Eagles. I all I know is I'd look for some maybe a designation change around Wednesday or Thursday. That's my my thinking on that. So, yeah. So the lines it's we're doing this on Tuesday night, for those of you
2: listening to the audio only or catching up on it later. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Uh, we, they didn't practice today, so we don't have any injury reports until tomorrow. Uh, Dan Campbell is scheduled to talk to the media. Um, I actually can't give out the time, but uh, it's before practice. And he will be asked about the injured players. And you better believe that Frank will be the first one that gets asked about because he's the most important player that's hurt. Outdoors. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> I, th- I thought he did a good job talking about Hutchinson as Charlie Horse. But uh, um, I've actually I've had my head on. I was in the film room all day um, and doing some other stuff. So I, I haven't like paid attention to like any like what, what's going on, what's been said about uh, any of the injured guys. So I'll, I'll leave this one to you, Chris, because uh, you probably know better than I do.
1: Uh yeah, Rags, I think we're going to see him come back as as probably questionable than or doubtful than questionable than he'll be he'll play Sunday, I think. I just I just that's my gut. Um Jonah Jackson, I don't think we're going to see him for a bit. Um more to come. It's not yeah. just a finger. It's a I mean it's a finger, but it's more than just a, it, a It's
2: boo-boo. it's more that he's, as I, as I told Hughes yesterday. He's not sitting out with a freaking hangnail. Like his it's, it's you remember Taylor Decker last year, uh, and and Taylor, um, he broke uh, this knuck, this finger right here, mm-hmm. and it was bent out. And when he did that, it tore the ligaments in the hand here, so he couldn't move anything from this part of the hand over. So he couldn't move his thumb, couldn't move his finger, um, because that it was like it it was just messed up. This is the part where I don't know that important. that's what
1: happened to Jonah, but. It sounds like that might be what happened to Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the video is important. Uh, yeah, a um, lot to see there. We'll get we'll get him back, but it's going to be a bit. Jerry Jacobs, we're, we're waiting for words. He had a, a tweet uh, go out today where he was, um, talked about coming back, um, and then he deleted it. Jacob's watch. Boop, 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 boop. Keep your radar going. Jacob's watch. Um, and Remember, he's on PUP for two more weeks, and then they have a buy
2: after one week mm-hmm. um and I, I said this before i think both he and jamo will be back week 7 in dallas and not before that and that's not an indication that they're not ready yep i think that's the team wanting to make sure that they're even more ready
1: yeah yeah absolutely and um much much to, much to see there much to, it's it's a strategic play i think more than anything um we'll leave it at that we'll talk about it as it happens more than than anywhere else or in the patreon slack chat of course um really quick loretto thank you for the super chat my man uh what is a successful season for the lions versus Goth? there has to be some overlap if we win seven to nine games mostly in terms of contract for golf i feel the lions feel totally different about golf than the fans i would say okay. fans are coming around <laughs> and then i think fan uh, Goff may may change some minds um i think also you're gonna see a huge jump in the salary cap coming up and I think that he's going to sign for a good bit of money, but I also think that uh, Jared Goff. Well, I, I think he's going to wind Number. up here. We'll see. We got a, we got a lot of games to play still. I think he's going to wind up here, and I think we're going to be happy that he is. And then he's um, also what, under contract for 2023, so
2: you're looking further out than that. I don't think anything's going to happen with his contract this off season. Hmm. Uh, that's uh, I, I just don't um, unless the Lions want to lock him up. Under a market rate because other guys, um, the, the press tag again is only going to go up, and other guys who are better than golf are going to set the bar even higher. Lamar Jackson, um, as an example, uh, is going to get is going to get ridiculous money. Um, and by the way, that, that like there's a bunch of Lions fans that are like, oh, we can go get Lamar. No, you can't because if if he doesn't sign, if he doesn't sign with the Ravens, they're going to franchise tag him, and you know what? They'll do it again the next year, and it's still cheaper to franchise tag him than it is to pay him what he wants on this long-term deal. So he will be out of there for three more seasons at minimum. That's just the reality of it. Sorry to burst some bubbles there. Yep, yep,
1: absolutely. All right, Meisner, 1983. Thank you, sir, for the subscription. I appreciate you for doing that as well. Um, Riz is not always right, but he's never wrong. Duncan, (laughs) I love that name, Duncan. (laughs) These nuts. (laughs) I'll, I will find any excuse I can to use it. That's great. Uh, all right, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Okay, we have a special guest. special guest that we want to bring on. Let me uh, bring our guest in here because we got something we want to talk about. <gasps> and it's all broken. Sorry, we'll we'll, we'll get that fixed. <laughs> hey, Scott. <laughs> Hi, Scott. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you guys? We're doing we're doing pretty good. We're, we're, I'm going to get some video together really quick, get it fixed up, but. um Scott, why don't you, uh, Scott Bischoff is here. How about that? (laughs) Hi, everybody. Um, Riz, why don't you say hi to Scott? It is good
2: to see you, my man. I I have missed your presence in my life. Tell me I'm going to see more of you in my life, please.
3: So, one, what's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Really? And two, yes, you are going to. We're going to do some stuff together, I think. Yeah. Ooh! I'm what really do we got cooking? Like What's
1: happening? I, I something broke on the video thing, so I got I have to fix it real quick in the background. But I'm I'm doing it really fast, so I'm just kind of quietly doing it. How about if yeah. Jeff
3: and I talk about um, that would be great quarterbacks in the upcoming draft? <laughs> if you guys talk about <laughs> yeah, can, right can, now,
1: can, we, can we talk about
2: Anthony Richardson and the the meteoric rise and the subsequent plummet to the abyss of the
3: the water's uh, gonna find trench. its level, right? <laughs> like it's <laughs> it always does. <laughs> Although I really like him, he's he's. Start,
2: I do too. Uh, there, there's a lot to like, but after five starts, uh, it's clearly needs about fifteen to twenty five more in college before he's ready. <laughs>
3: it it is obvious that he needs time for sure. But all the all the talent is there for sure. Talk to me about
2: C.J. Stroud because I, I watched the Ohio State game this week. I, I'm pretty sure you did too. Yep. The the throw he made on the run, rolling to his right, where he hit the receiver coming
3: across. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. And this is stuff that he normally doesn't do. Like, he's, he really doesn't like to leave the pocket, right? It's like, and in today's game, you want, you know, you want to see quarterbacks move and make plays outside the structure of a play. That's where the the real value is. If he can add that element and that component to his game, it, it could be lights out. Although, I think there are some limiting things for him, too. But, um, if he can add some playmaking ability to to the things that he does and, and I his the vertical throwing game for him is just awesome. Um I don't think he's crazy accurate though, but he's incredible throwing it. It's a little bit like Russell Wilson's vertical game. I know it's always I always laugh. You ever watch the NHL draft? Yeah. Yeah. Like right. yes. <laughs> it's round five, and some, you know, some center goes and they compare him to Joe Sakick. That's like <laughs> Would you stop? Come on, I just compared I just compared CJ Stroud to Russell Wilson, and I laugh at myself that I did that. Um, so we got the Bish here, and I got the video straight. Hi, hi Scott,
1: welcome aboard. <laughs> and Thanks. Re- so we have news. Really? Yeah. Let's 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 crack the news first because it is fun and exciting stuff. Um, Scott is joining the team. Scott's been. I mean. Are you,
3: are you the Joe Sackick that we've just drafted? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Because I have all my fingers, so that's really the only difference. I, I mean, you know, I do have a great – I've got a great snapshot. And I, you know, I've been known – got get, that like, slew-footed
2: wrister that he had? That oh, was, was sweet, nasty, man. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, <laughs> I can't believe I busted out the finger joke. Um, if anybody doesn't know, he lost a finger or two in a snowblower accident. Many years ago, but he played for the That's what ended NBA. his career. He was still yeah. an active player at the We don't really care. But no, he was awesome.
2: <laughs> he was like, He's all my favorite all-time, all-time hockey, hockey player. He I have awesome. a I have a I have a Joe Sacking
1: Dordeeks jersey. <laughs> he he was awesome. He really was. All right, let's talk about what we got going on. We have Scott Bischoff here. Not just here now, but he is joining the team. He's gonna be putting together some Really sweet content for us this year. Joining the Detroit Lions podcast team on our YouTube channel, um, Scott. Let's talk about Friday first. Do you want
3: to talk about what what we've got coming there? Sure. We're going to have a little preview, a little game, a little Week Three game preview. Um, you guys are going to do that tonight, but we'll have. I'll. I'll I'm going to have uh, a little video out on Fridays, and then we'll do a post game wrap up. Uh, maybe Tuesdays. And then we're going to have a little fantasy segment that comes along Wednesday-Thursday range where we're going to talk a little DFS. I don't know that we need to do the – the thanks, Don. Um, I don't know if we need to uh, get into the whole redraft concept of things, but, you know, DFS is cool so we can get into some of the sneaky stuff that might be happening there. Does fantasy how DFS
2: start. involve Julianne more in any way? Because it sounds like it should.
3: Well, it could be.
2: It is in my day. Oh, man. That's so, a yeah. long
3: time ago. A lot of, well, It was actually before my day.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Riz is a long time ago kind of guy. Well, um, I think actually I'm older than Riz, to be sh- honest with you. Sh- sh- don't, don't let it a secret. I out. turned 50 Saturday, so. <laughs> I am it. older than you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 52. You, you certainly act older than me, so
1: good, good on you for that. Oof.
3: Well, yeah, it's kind of set in a low bar.
1: <laughs> ah. <laughs> a lot of lot of the people in the chat who know Scott talking about great addition looking forward to his content. Yeah. And and the other part is as the season wears on, wears on, moves on. <laughs> we're going to start looking at some of the talent in the future. And 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 Scott is really really good much like the riz at, at assessing talent, looking at talent, helping figure out who what holes the Lions might want filled. And that could be taken a couple ways, but we'll just stick with talent. Um it really kind of assessing what to look for and and what the heck is out there? Really excited to have Scott on board with us and and especially the, the starting out these these game previews and these game reviews. I think these are going to be really smart because Scott brings the sober mind. We do our um, we do our our post game show and and it, and it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun to do that, but it's that kind of emotional in the moment. Sometimes a therapy session, sometimes a celebration kind of thing, and Scott's going to bring. I guess sobriety is a good word
3: <laughs> to, to well, I just think to it'll understand. be, it'll be um, a bit of a step back from maybe like what you're saying, the emotional takes and more of a, this is what I think happened kind of thing. Um, not that it'll be any, I mean, it, you know, it'll just be a touch different than the, than this, you know, the real spur of the moment analysis. But um, I mean, I mean, I'm excited about it because it's, you know, the, Doing the pregame and postgame, it'll, it'll be an interesting way to, to look at what's happening and areas that may have, you know, spots on the team that might have performed really well, but others that might have not and things that we can do there. And then, like like you were saying, Chris, when it comes to draft season, I, no offense to anybody else, but I, we're going to we're gonna crush Lions draft. We just are. Yeah, It's a smoke show. We, it's so happen. good. <laughs> and, and
2: I love it with Scott because we have these debates. We call each other and we'll argue about players, but we will also agree on things, and I think that's great. The, the ability to have civilized discussion um, and differing opinions—I uh, I can't, I can't wait for that, man.
3: It's yep. gonna be so good. It'll be good. It'll be really good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be—it's gonna be awesome. Oh, we got a question here. Riz and Bischoff could be our version of AG and Deuce. I expect you guys to be demonetized at least once a month as a result, uh, potentially. Oh boy. <laughs> Good fun stuff, yeah, yeah, good fun stuff. Um, so let's let's Scott joining DLP is like Michael Schenker joining UFO. Uh, I love that reference. There's a reference. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank William. Uh, okay, let's let's really quick talk about uh, some of the stuff here. Um, we want to get into. We had a question last week and I thought this was really good to bring up with you Scott here and kind of get some of your thoughts especially in light of what happened. Last week we asked was the game against Philadelphia a moral victory or was it progress? What is it that we saw? And and there was a pretty good split between people and their 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 kind of responses to that. You know, it's all about it's, it's if it's if it's not a win it doesn't matter kind of a thing versus um, you know, hey, there was good progress. We lost to them by thirty eight points the year before and and now we lost by three. This is what progress looks like, and they were a better team. I want to ask you what do you think at this point number one, are we in this still this moral victory stage, and are we in progress and if progress what what are some of the things that you really see as as kind of highlights and kind of those those signposts for it
3: well I mean it could be both i mean you can you can lose and feel good about losing to a team that potentially might be one of, if not the best team in the NFC. And and the the thing after week one is you just don't know that. So yeah, it's a loss. And there were, there was a moment that game where it looked like they were getting rolled. Right. But they responded really well and they made it a tight game. And I would imagine that Philly didn't feel as comfortable as they, they wanted to with how that game shook out. Um so uh, you know you lost and I took it as a a bit of a moral victory like you know in four or five weeks we might look at that game and think wow you know Philly is four and or 4 and 1 5 and 0 oh kind of thing and the Lions played them pretty tight and that might look like a great loss and after week 2 I think it looks like a great loss um if there is such a thing as a great loss, I, Philly could be a powerhouse. Jalen Hurts like looks like a different dude. Um, I know people did a lot of complaining. I, so one of the things I got to figure out is how much I am allowed to swear here because there's as a much lot. As
1: much as you want, really.
3: People did a lot of bitching about about some of the uh, inability for the Lions to finish at Jalen Hurts and get him to the ground. And it's like we saw it last night too. He's a really hard guy to get to the ground. He just is. Pressure was there. Hutchinson had a good game, right? Like, they got a lot of pressure on him. They just couldn't finish. And, you know, you see last night he scores twice and he looks like he's all-world. A.J. Brown's ridiculous. Um, The combination of A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard and their ability to add in college concepts to that offense and do things super creative. Like, Jeff, you have Dallas Goddard. And you're finding ways to scheme him to where he's being covered by a corner. Yep. Is that a good thing?
2: Uh, that's good for if you're the Philadelphia offense, not so good <laughs> if you're the defense. Yes. They did a great and job they, of it. Yeah.
3: They really do. And it's like, okay, so you have that. You have A.J. Brown who I don't know what you do with him. I, I mean, if you want to press him, good luck. If you want to play off, it's just going to be a quick slant and then you got to tackle him, good luck. Uh, it's just like the blend of what they have on offense is really unique and it's working. And so I guess to answer the question is just, I think it's a moral victory. And I also think that there's a lot of promise in what we saw and improvement. Yes, it was a loss, but we saw some of that improvement carry over to week two where, um, you know, the running game looks great. It really does. The, The scheme of what they're doing up front looks great. You did it without your – you ran the ball as effectively as you did last week against Washington, which is a good defensive line with three replacement interior offensive linemen, and that's insane. It's just nuts. So those are the things I'm hopeful for. And then you throw – you go over to the defensive side of the ball. Jeff Okuda looks really good. He looks really good coming off that Achilles injury. Um, Malcolm Rodriguez is – a rock star in the making. He's a sixth round pick. Uh, You know, we could talk about Amon Ross St. Brown for a long time. He's a fourth round pick. Those are the kind of picks that make that take a team from a team that needs to hit on picks to a team. That's, you know, getting lots of production from very inexpensive places. Uh, We should all be very hopeful for what the lions are. I mean, there's, you know, we can complain about certain things, but you know uh, it's week two. They're one and one. There's just, there's just incredible. You know,
1: they look great on offense. They there, really do. There's a certain amount of self-awareness, too, on offense with Goff saying that, hey, we, we've got some things we can do better, things to improve. I, it starts with me. Uh, I haven't been on point with Chark, and I haven't been on point with Hawkinson. And those are things we're going to work on and we're going to get better at. And, I mean, you're scoring at least 35 points a game to be able to, to to say these are the things we need to work on. These are the things we clearly need to do to get better. There's a certain element of humility in that and 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 self awareness that I think is really, really important for a guy like Goff and for an offense like this and with a coaching staff like this. The defense, they could say that a lot. There's a lot of things they need to do to get better. But we kind of looked at it in the offseason as this is a team that is going to have to outscore its opponents. We we kind of knew the defense wasn't going to be, you know, in the top three in the league.
3: Yeah, it it's interesting though, because, you know, um they could have scored fifty last week. The double pass to Chark could have got there. He missed. He missed Amin a play. He missed Chark again. You know, um, the golf thing is going to be something we're going to go back and forth on. With with uh, is golf a player that caps your offense and keeps you you know from winning big games, or or is he a player who's going to emerge? Uh, I mean, we're not even talking about Jamison Williams getting added to this mix and <laughs> how exciting that's going to be and how, what that offense could look like. Uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, if you want to be, if you want to view it as the same old Lions kind of thing, that's fine. But I mean, to me, it's not, it's not at all. It's not close. Yeah, it, it definitely.
1: And it's funny. I, I see a lot kind of a coverage where, you know, there's, the of course, the early season hype. You see it every year. And then, you know, t- typically the Lions do revert into that some version of the SOL, right? The same old Lions. And, and that's just been the history and it's easy. But last week we saw the turn happen really quick on the reporting, falling into that SOL spot, calling Hutch a bust and all that. And it's like, wow, rookie's first week over-pursued a little bit on a highly mobile quarterback (laughs) that makes defenses look like fools, as we've seen. Um, And to that point, I mean, can we look at the Minnesota-Philadelphia game and as through the transitive property say that the Lions have a really, really good shot to stomp the Minnesota Vikings this week? I know we don't want to look too far ahead, but
3: yeah i i mean i think it's reasonable to think that the lions can um maybe make kirk cousins uncomfortable and also the vikings are not going to cover the lions really well in their secondary so i think that you know the combination of those things we could see a high scoring game just like you know so far what it's looked like um the lions offense is up to the task though i mean they're doing just super smart things. Like something as simple as, and this was a part of the game in which I felt the same old Lions grip. I felt it sort of put its fingers around my neck, <laughs> and, and it was right before the Amon Ra uh, jet sweep, fifty-eight yard yep. line. Yep. And you could feel that game being. It just was all of a sudden. This game is too tight. It shouldn't be this tight. And then next thing you know, the Lions are. In the red zone and scoring, it, it's like okay. In the past, they go three and out here, they punt, and now they're in trouble. But instead, dagger in the you know you, he puts a dagger in the in the in their back, and it just. But something as simple as them using that play and understanding what coverage Minnesota was in, and knowing that they're in man coverage, so if we run this play, we know the outside corner is never going to see it because he's going to get buried by the numbers of the, of the, of the receiver, and we're going to run the, the receiver inside and pull the cornerback. We're going to crack on the safety. And Amon Ra should have plenty of room to run here, and, and it worked incredibly well. But it's simple stuff like that. It's just so simple. It doesn't have to be super complicated, and it, that's the kind of stuff they're doing that makes me really hopeful for, for where they'll be as an offense.
1: Riz Ben Johnson, you want to give you want to you want to praise the BJ a little bit? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> uh,
2: I I thought I'm that, home. <laughs> I, I thought that the play that Scott just alluded to was the perfect time to counterpunch because they were reeling a little bit, and and Washington had seized the momentum and was playing very good football. And before you came on, Scott, we were talking about the, the offensive adjustments that Washington made that worked. Uh, yeah. They did a great job of, of, of using their speed vertically horizontally, and it gave the Lions a lot of problems. The Lions came back and did the same thing to them. And and you, you heard it on the on the game broadcast. You heard the outside guy yell, oh, shit. Yep. And he knew he was cooked. He saw it was Montez Sweat. He, he like, pivoted around and got into chase mode. And that there was nobody there. Perfect play call. Also to focus. We talked about the attention to detail a lot. Craig Reynolds sold that fake like a mother. Goff sold that fake beautifully. Yep. He put that ball in Ammon. Right? You couldn't. He didn't move. Yeah, like that's that's perfect execution. Yep. The, the fact that they didn't screw up any part of that. That right there should bury the sol
1: stuff with this team. <laughs> I, I mean. Yeah, you know, I mean their
3: attention to detail has been incredible.
1: Yep, it has. Yep, the misdirection, and 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 it's rare that you see the cameraman fooled or camera well, camera person fooled on these broadcasts. Fox got blown out twice in that game nope. by the misdirection of the Lions. I was pretty impressed. I mean, that it was it was just very very on point, very well crafted, very well a a a a level of execution that I'm not used to seeing from the offense. As good as Stafford was as good as when we had a running game with with uh Reggie Bush and and Joyke and all that. I mean, those were good games, but it just didn't have this kind of that felt a lot more, you know, it's if you if you're at all into to soccer at all. I remember the World Cup when it was Germany against what was it? Argentina or Brazil. It was like watching, you know, uh, the, the uh Argentina, I think. Watching them was very much like watching jazz. Music, whereas Germany was like watching a a watch being made. It was just that that kind of pure precision, and the pure, yep. the precision one right? And that's really, I think, what it feels like we're seeing with kind of Ben Johnson's offense here is that real kind of perfect timekeeping, kind of perfect kind of piece. Now, when it doesn't work, that's where we're seeing those those again to the shark the shark throws and the in the Hawkinson throws that it's not quite in time and not quite aligned. But if they get those gears meshed they could go like you said 50 they could really go places with what they're putting out there yeah all right um why do you agree with ron rivera's choice to go for two there Scott
3: I don't I don't know what <laughs> I don't Was there any analytics at all that backed up like did he just did he think the score was a different score? I don't know. I mean I haven't looked into it so I just thought it was super odd when they did it.
2: Yeah, yeah. didn't didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, He didn't explain it very well. He did explain it. It was clear that he was agitated by the question and and wanted to just get through it and didn't really give a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. It was odd. Yeah. Um, But uh, uh, the only thing I can think
1: of is that the first one worked and it was a really nice play. Second one, no. (laughs) Yep, yep. Lions building momentum. We're building momentum. We've got Scott Bischoff on. He's going to be uh, on our YouTube channel. Just watch. Make sure you hit the subscribe. Make sure you hit the notifications. He will be there Friday with his first. He'll be back early next week. His first being the game preview. He'll be back early next week with his review of the game to give you a good, solid analysis of what he saw, what worked, what didn't work, and and and, and a look at the outcome. And then we're talking about some Daily Fantasy, some other great stuff. Scott So excited to have you on board, man! I'm really, really stoked by by this kind of team we're putting together here. We got some.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. I'm excited too, and uh, this, you know, it's gonna it's not just seasonal stuff too. I mean, season. This is gonna be a season long thing where, you know, like I said earlier, the draft coverage here. I I feel uncomfortable always doing this kind of stuff, but I don't think we're gonna be touched from a draft. I just nope. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're
1: we're going to have so much fun. It's going to be so good. All right, Scott, I Thanks, know you, you've I had a really, it. really busy day, man. We're with you. Thank you for showing up. Really excited with everything going on. Give her best to your family. Uh, Thanks, we love guys, you, man. I appreciate we'll it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bro? Thanks, Scott. All right, we'll see, ya. see you. Guys. Scott Bischoff, joining the team oh, with God. some great new content. Detroit Lions podcast. So good to have that guy.
2: I I have known Scott for a very long time. Um, he is one of these smartest draft evaluators. i not the I, again we talked about it. I love arguing with him because we're going to bring things up and we're not going to get personal about it. We're just going to keep it like with
1: what's the film and that's that that's the kind of concept that I I cannot wait to create with him. That's uh, going to be so much fun. We got to get him in the Slack. Oh, I didn't even think about it. We got to get him in the Slack. I'll get him in there tonight so we can have some of those personal arguments in <laughs> right there good stuff all right scott bischoff joining us we're really excited to have him on the team it's going to be it's going to be some great content you guys are going to love the angle and um it kind of frees us up to do some other things as well um just more 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 you guys keep asking for more credit more content we're uh, putting it together as best we can to get you some really good quality stuff and i think scott nailed it our draft coverage is going to be untouched untouched in detroit man but we still have a season of stuff to cover so we will do that we'll keep getting it we got that now um 15 more games at minimum. At minimum. <laughs> John Warden, thank you. T. John Warden, thank you so much for subscribing. With that, I want to tell, ask everybody, we do it once a show, so you got to bear with us. Uh, please like and subscribe. The like button is right there. It's free. It's easy to do. It helps us out a lot. It helps other people find us. Helps us doing our thing. Destroy all. Thank you for your subscription right there in the on the fly. And the subs, those also help us help people find the show and uh, help us grow the channel and do the thing. And again, add people like Scott. All those things are the things we that help us to add these great people, this great coverage, and then create this great content for you. So uh, just it's the quick ask. Subscribe, hit the bell so you're notified when the content comes out. Hit the like button while you're watching. It really, really does mean a lot and help us a lot, and we appreciate you all for doing that. And I will stop talking about it now. All right, uh, let's talk about the look ahead to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Eagles proved – uh, I just got a really quick on Des. Sorry, I want to cover. It. Eagles proved his point on how dominant the Lions are this year when they played Minnesota. We're looking ahead to the Minnesota Vikings. This, Riz, I think is a very, very important game, maybe more so for the fans than the team. Every game is important to the team. So I don't want to diminish the importance there, but folks are on a super high ride right now after that Washington game they're going on the road to Uspank Stadium and I'm I'm it, this is one I think people will come crashing hard if the Lions don't pull this one out. I got my money on my Lions I think the Lions are 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 in my mind the favorites here but this is really, really important for fans. They need the second win to help carry them, I believe. Where's your head at, man?
2: Yeah, and, and I, I think most fans are sort of unsure where to be on the team yet because they lost to Philadelphia. And then I think they know that Philadelphia is good, but okay, you still lost the game. It was a home game. Yep. And Washington, like, you, you kick their ass the first half, 22-0. And then they came back a little bit and a team that's a little bit better than Washington. And I think Minnesota is better than Washington overall, certainly on offense is going to be more difficult to repel when they make that inevitable run. So it's one of those deals where do you know what you got in your team? Like how, how good can we feel? How confident can I be that this team is what I want it to be, that I know that they're, they're going to be able to beat good teams consistently this is a good test for them. Uh, it's the first time they've been on the road this year. That's going to be a little different. Uh, that's always a little bit of an adjustment. Kirk Cousins, um, not playing in prime time, is a different guy. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in football right now with DeAndre Hopkins being suspended out. And uh, Although A.J. Brown <laughs> put his name in the conversation, too. Um, he's a problem, and and it's not... Just a Jeff Okuda money or way problem. This is he. He's a problem, folks. Like and and they're they're good enough to go around. Now, last night, if you watch the game, you saw the other guys didn't step up, and some of that was Philly playing well. Some of that was Kirk Cousins being pressured and having problems dealing with that pressure. I think the Lions can do that. So uh, my key to this game, uh, there's two of them. I'll I'll go over them real quick here. The first one, they cannot let Kirk Cousins get comfortable. They've got to keep him um, worried, wondering where that rush is. Don't give him time to survey the field. Don't give him time to find Justin Jefferson down the field. Don't give him time to find Adam Thielen. Uh, And the other one, you've got to hit your shots in the red zone. Four for four in week one was fantastic. You're kicking 31-yard field goals against the Minnesota Vikings. You're not going to go home a winner you yeah. got to capitalize on the red zone when you get there. And Goff did a great job in the first week. This week wasn't, he had some, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be all. Um, otherwise you're not going to get that win.
1: Yeah. Yeah, know. I, I I'm, I'm with you. Um, Mike Hodges, Philly may have given us a good blueprint. I think you're right. I think that Minnesota's reeling a bit after that performance because they just, they did get completely smoked. Um, and they've got a short week to try to figure out Detroit after that. Detroit has, you know, other than the drinking that, uh, that Coach Campbell did uh, <laughs> to, in prep of review of the game. Um, the,
2: the, By the we, way, that was a joke. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and Birchie, I don't like Birchie. Birchie's a good dude. Um, he, he came back very quickly and said that it was a joke, but a lot of people were like, oh my God, he's seriously. Like, no. No. go go listen to the show. Um, it's on their, their 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 archives. I listened to it to make sure that Dan was joking, and Dan knows how to spin it, but uh, he
1: he didn't really do that, folks. Yeah, yeah. Shh, shh. Let 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 the let the uh, legend live on. But um, they, we've got a little jump on that. Uh, thanks to the work that Philadelphia did. Now you know. Minnesota is going to work to cover that they're going to do some, you know, they, they know that they were exposed and they're going to they're going to do some work around and cover uh, covering that up. But we've also got Ben Johnson, who's proven to be quite a, uh, a smart, a super smart guy at offensive coordinator. This is a good opportunity to kind of push that to the next level with uh with the vikings take that philly bl- blueprint evolve it a little bit and then uh and then see what we can do love to see that i think scott was right this is a offensive kind of game the offense definitely is going to have to win this game we lost in minnesota last year by a field goal late field goal we beat them as the first win of the game at home both teams have improved this is an absolutely winnable game this is this this yes, is, is one that is winnable. They can do it. I expect them to win. But I think for the fans, I think that the fans really need this one. And I think even losing to the Patriots the next week would be acceptable if we beat Minnesota this week. Uh, I think fans will be able to palette that a lot better. We do get, we do
2: get New season. England after that, don't we? I, I don't look that far ahead. Like when I'm in the season, like I'm in the moment. I don't really look <laughs> ahead beyond like the, the, the next game. Um I, I
1: I actually I couldn't tell you who they played the week after that either. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, I I'm, I'm tracking. I'm, I've got a whole bunch of games tracked here. Um but you know, I I look I, and I'm not saying a, a loss is acceptable, right? But I just think people will be able to handle it better if we were to lose to New England and beat Minnesota, particularly because it's a division game. But right now, the high that people are riding, the confidence in the team and the coaching staff and that the things are working will really land if if we get this win here. And uh, so we're good. We're good. Um I think we will beat New England as well, just to kind of get a a look ahead, even with, uh, you know, I think we beat Minnesota. But even if
2: New New England is not outscoring this Detroit team. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Not a chance. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. They might win, but it won't be because they outscore us.
1: It will be because our defense gives up or our offense screws up. (laughs) Uh, Mike, you're right. There's a there'll be a rush. For the Lions' bandwagon, if we beat Minnesota after hard knocks, people are wit- looking for that excuse to jump on and and really make the Lions their second team. There's a lot of people poking around saying, "I kind of like this. That was interesting. That was that was fun to see some success." You're going to pull all kinds of people in, and you know what? Some people say, "You know, if you didn't love me when I was three and eleven, don't don't talk to me when I'm six and or six and eleven. Whatever. whatever, whatever. Either way, um, I don't care about the bandwagon. Jump on board." come the more the merrier we can all party yeah, just, together just to acknowledge
2: that you're a bandwagoner don't like don't be talking like you've been here for a long time like I, you're welcome to join it's fine free country yep yep but don't don't misrepresent yourself yep. um and for, for those of you who have followed along from the 216 because the team down there ain't doing it uh, and they oh my god oh my <laughs> god that was that was that was difficult to watch watching Joe Flacco score two touch or engineer two touchdown drives in the final minute and 50 seconds to beat the Browns when <laughs> Nick Chubb scores should have fallen. That's how you lose games. And, and I, I, I did an appearance on the huge show I uh, was that yesterday. Um, and I talked about like the same old lions and the people who were talking about the same old lions. I'm like, Open your eyes and look at what happened around the league. Look at what the Dolphins did to Baltimore. Look at what the Jets did to the Browns. Both of those games had 99% win probabilities, and they went the other direction. Yep, Like that same old Lions crap. And it didn't happen in Detroit. It happened to teams that... Have had a lot more success recently than those have. The Browns won a playoff game a couple of years ago. Ravens could—they were my pick to go to the Super Bowl this year of the AFC. Their their defense is not looking so high on that. Um, give two of some credit too. Give uh, Jalen Waddle a hell of a lot of credit. Yeah, that yeah. dude can play. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, you saw examples of same old lions in other uniforms this weekend. I, I hope that is something that sinks into those of you professionally negative people.
1: Yeah, um, Corey. Chop Sorry, I don't know if I'm. I'm not want to destroy it, but Walker has had New England circled on his calendar for months. Absolutely, he's he's out there. He is going to hawk for that ball. Big West. Absolutely. If we beat Minnesota, then Seattle, New England, Dallas are all just checked off as winnable games for this team, especially at the state. Are of- the
2: three worst teams we're going to play outside of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. By the way,
1: Chicago threw the ball eleven times. How? how, how- Think about. Are you this. trying? Just think about it. If we beat Minnesota, that puts us at two wins. Those three teams, will just say we went five wins, and then you got Chicago twice. What number does that give you? That's seven right there. I can do that math. That's, there's my number, baby. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. There it is. There's your look ahead. Uh, we'll have a, a real in-depth look at the upcoming game against Minnesota. Uh, with scott on friday that's gonna break make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you're notified when that happens uh don't forget Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com to get anything from Amazon. And Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Both of those will take you to their respective places, Amazon or Fanatics, right to the site. It puts a cookie in your browser. It doesn't. All that does is tell them that we sent you and we'll get credit. It takes a little bit of money out of their pocket, puts it in our pocket, and helps us do all the stuff that we do here. So please use those links when you go to those places and help our shows out. Riz, it's been a long one. I want to remind people about Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. When you go there and donate as little as five dollars a month on that, you will get access to the Slack chat, which is the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. You've got Riz, you got Case, you got Ash, you're gonna have Scott Bischoff, you got Chris, you got Sandman, and you got a whole slew of hundreds of other people having some of the smartest chat, the best discussion, some of the best content. About the Lions and, and multiple other topics. I mean, we've got dining, which is all about grilling and cooking and all kinds of things. cocktails, drinks, whatever, movies, memes, um, fantasy football, hockey. I mean, you name it. Barbecue. There's tons and tons of other channels for all kinds of conversations. It's really, really well done. Experts in every every area. We have um, Wisco doing his great stuff. He's the one that uh, got me the the 24 contracts and only earned money on five. Uh, uh, stat on Dan Skipper earlier, he, um, Wisco's great, I mean, a lot of experts, he's flipped a million houses, does a lot of construction fab, does a lot of work as well, who's a really, really awesome guy, you know, directly Riz with the help when your house flooded I, I'm literally sitting in his chair <laughs> <laughs> quite literally <laughs> just a, a long list of really, really great people that uh, take care of each other and have a great time talking lions and all kinds of other stuff you can join the crew Again, Patreon.com/slash/DetroitLionsPodcast. Podcast. Uh, is the smartest chat and the best group of people you're going to find on the internet that talk lions. Period. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at D E T Lions Podcast. D E T Lions Podcast. Uh, it's the very best place to check us out without any pants. If you want to see at least shorts and a little bit of class with it. You can go to at Jeff Risden and follow him as well. And, uh, but class list at DET Lions podcast, no class at all. Give us a call via a Skype Detroit Lions podcast. All one word Detroit Lions podcast. Up Hi. <laughs> <laughs> or call us in the Lions line. Nine, two, nine, three, three lines, nine, nine, three, three, five, four, six, six, seven. Give us a mess. Leave a message. We'll get you on the air with those crazy messages. Uh, also go to Detroit lions, Subscribe to the show. You can do it. It's Google play. It's, podcasts, Spotify, all the different ones. We're all in all of them. We well, what'll happen if they do that, Riz?
2: We can come to your ear holes automatically that way. Right. That's
1: that's a nice way to finish. Who wants that? Who wants that? Uh, I think you do. I think you absolutely do. Uh, Also, thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you. See you